Now, uh, now we are we are wrapping up our uh, our series called Storyline today. Uh, and in, in fact, uh, we've been doing this all year, taking this thirty thousand foot view uh, uh, view of the Bible and looking at these major stories and see how they fit in this storyline and looking at this common thread that runs from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. And today is it. Today's the day we wrap it up. However, today we also introduce uh, our Christmas series called Storyline Advent Edition. So uh, we're just going to keep it rolling through all the, through the whole year, the whole year. And what we're going to do in our Christmas uh, series is uh, we're going to look at these stories, these Christmas stories, and how they relate to the Old Testament and, uh, and how they include people who thought they didn't have a snowball's chance with the God of the Bible. And so if you're new to uh, Gospel City Church, uh, we want you to celebrate Advent with us and the instructions and everything are in, in here for you to do that at home. And uh, we will uh, explain it to you here in the next couple of weeks. But you need a full kit, okay? You need one of these kits if you've never done it before. Uh, if you have your base from previous years, there's some refill kits out there. And so the, these are free. And so we want you to take these uh, for you and your home and uh, celebrate Advent as you start to decorate your house uh, for Christmas. Anybody got their Christmas tree up already? Okay, there's more of us. There's more of us. Yes, okay. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with the rest of you guys, uh, but uh, we're in the Christmas spirit here. But um, so, so we've been looking at the Bible. And the Bible is not uh, individual stories, um, you know, not a book full of individual stories that tell us how we need to work our way to God. But the Bible is one story that tells us how God left heaven and came to earth to rescue us. And, and today we're going to look at the very last two chapters of the very last book in the Bible, Revelation. And what we're going to look at today is uh, we're going uh, to uh, you know, focus in on what God has been preparing uh, for you and I, okay? And, uh, and how does it all work out in the end? So three questions this morning. I want to give it to you up front. We'll ask these questions as we go along. Uh, we'll answer these questions as we go along. But uh, three questions. Let me just give them to you now. So uh, we're going to look at you know, what God has been preparing for us. Okay. Um, and then how does it arrive and how can we be sure we belong to it? So what, what has God been preparing for us? And how does, how does it arrive and how can we be sure we belong to it. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the very end, the very end in Revelation chapter 21 and 22 is where we're going to be today. And let's just go ahead and jump in with this first question. What has God been preparing uh, for you and I? Now, in, in, in chapters 21 and 22, um, John is writing this and he's writing this, he's, he's writing down what he's seeing in this vision that, uh, that God has given him. And what we see is a picture of what the world looks like when God gets everything exactly the way he wants it. Um, when Jesus completes, uh, when, when Jesus's work is complete. And, and what we see here is that when, when God has everything the way he wants it, what we see here is a city. It's a, an amazing, beautiful, glorious city. And there's four realities of this beautiful city 
of what God has been preparing for us. And so if you look at uh, chapter 21, the first thing that we see, this beautiful reality about this city as we look at what our forever destination for those who have put their faith in Christ is that there is no more pain. There's no more pain. Look at, uh, look at verse four of chapter 21. It says, and he will wipe, what's that next word? Every, let's say that together, every, that he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Now, many of us, okay, have experienced the the pain and the sorrow of losing a loved one, okay? And if you haven't gone through that pain and sorrow yet, well, stick around long enough and ultimately you will. And that's just part of life. But here's the deal. It was never part of God's original plan. And God's original plan, when we go back to the Garden of Eden, okay, that death and sickness and disease and sorrow and pain was not in the original plan. But then sin entered into the world. And when sin entered into the world, it brought with it pain and sorrow and death and disease and poverty and racism and hatred and insecurity and all these other things. And so it wasn't part of God's original plan. But here we see when we cross over into eternity that one day there will be no more pain. There'll be more, no more death. There'll be no, sor- no more sorrow. There'll be no more uh, goodbyes. Because in this place that God has been preparing for us, there is no more death. And every tear that you and I have ever shed will be wiped away by the hand of God. And so that, that's part of this reality of this beautiful city that God is preparing for us. Uh, second reality is that we are always in the full presence of God. Look at, look at verse 22 of chapter 21. And John writes, he says, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty, the Lamb and the Lamb are its temple. Uh, and, and then jump down to uh, chapter 22, um, for, verse, verse 5. It says, um, and there, there will be, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me just stop right here for a minute. Um, I'm getting excited about heaven. Um, but uh, there's no more temple. In other words, there, we, don't, we don't have to go to a place. And we don't really have to go to a place now to go to church. You're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We don't have to go. We don't have to come here. No, we really don't. We have the Holy Spirit inside us. We, we have the presence of God with us, right? But, but here, but, we, but God tells us to come together to, to, uh, to corporately, you know, sing together and worship together and live life together and hear the word of God taught together. And that's the church and it's God's hope for the world. But here in this beautiful, amazing, uh, amazing city, we are always in the full presence of God. There's no need for a temple. There's no need, there's no need to go and experience the presence of God because we are in the full presence presence of God all the time. All the time we're in the full presence of God. Third reality is that there is no need for the sun or moon. Look at chapter 21, verse 23. It said, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the lamb is its lamp. Now jump down to 22, uh, verse five. It says, and there will be no more night 
They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. So, so in, this, in this beautiful, amazing future forever city, it's just the glory of God on full display. And we've talked about the glory of God a little bit and it's hard to get our finite minds wrapped around that. But the glory of God is all of his beauty, all of his majesty, all of his strength, all of his power, all of his importance on full display all the time. And that shines so bright. We don't need the sun any longer. We don't need the moon reflecting the sun's light any longer. We don't need lamps that are lit at night to shine in the darkness because there is no more darkness because of the full glory and beauty and presence of God just giving us light all the time. And the fourth reality of this city is that it will be amazingly beautiful. Look at, look at chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. It says, Then the angel showed me the river, the water of life, and as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding uh, its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are the healing of the nations. If you go back at the end of 2021, 20, John describes the streets of, of heaven being gold and being so pure and, and, and they're, they're, it's like transparent that uh, he describes that the walls are decorated with every precious gem, every precious stone uh, known to man. That uh, there's, uh, He also describes the gates of, uh, of heaven as uh, being made of pearl, but each gate, there's 12 gates, and each gate is made of one single pearl, okay, carved out of one single pearl. And so this, this place is a beautiful city. There's just beautiful rivers and trees, uh, and the leaves of the trees bring, bring healing and, and give life, and the streets are gold, and the walls are decorated with every kind of precious stones. And all of the, these things may be beautiful and valuable, but don't miss this. They do not compare to the beauty and value that you have to God. That you and I are created in the image of God. And just think how, how beautiful God is. You and I possess that same beauty. That you and I, we are so valuable and, and so priceless and so loved by God that he willingly left this beautiful place, left all his glory and came to earth as a man and, 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 and suffered, suffered everything that, that we suffered and suffered on our behalf. And he gave all of that up because he loves us. And so if we ever question the love of God, if we ever question how important or how valuable or how precious we are to God, we need to look at the cross. Because the Bible says that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. That God didn't wait for us to, to start, you know, to clean up our act, you know, and then make that sacrifice for us or then offer us this free gift of, a, uh, of forgiveness. He didn't wait for us to turn to him. He didn't wait for us to come to an end of our time. He pursues us. And that's what this whole book, this whole story is about. It's about God's relentless pursuit 
to rescue you and I. And the motivator behind everything that he's gone through, everything that he's done, page after page of him setting things up so just so that he would come himself and he would live the life we can't live and die the death that we deserve. He did all of that because he loves us. And that's what this book is about. That he wants to rescue us from our sin. And so when God gets the world just the way he wants it, it's a beautiful city for his most beautiful and prized creation, and that's you. So that's what he's been preparing for us. That's what Jesus told his disciples. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And that's what, that's what he's preparing. So how does it arrive? Well, it arrives uh, in stages, Okay, Um, in Matthew 14, Jesus says that you and I are the light of the world. Okay, that that a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And so um, so Jesus says that you and I, we are the light of the world. Okay, and so that is what that's present tense. Okay, right now, because we have the light of Christ in us, we are currently right now the light of the world. That's present tense tense, okay? So I I hope I'm speaking to some English teachers here and I'm getting some brownie points, okay? Um, But Paul says in uh, Philippians uh, chapter three, he he says that you and I are citizens of heaven, okay? That we're citizens of heaven. So so that's kind of both. That's kind of present tense. Right now, we're here on this earth, but because of our faith in Jesus, we're citizens in heaven. And so it's present tense and also Anybody want to take a guess what kind of tense it is? It's also future tense. Okay, thank you, English teacher. It's also future tense. So it's present tense and future tense. Uh, and, um, and, and, and then uh, he, he, he says um, that we are um, in, uh, in here in Revelation. John, John is saying that we have a citizenship in this future city, and that would also be Future tense, right? And so we have present tense and future tense. So, so which is it? It's both. It's both. That, that we have a citizenship here and now, but we also have a citizenship in this city that is, is to come. And so what that means is the application for us is that we are to live and act like our future city is our present city. That as citizens of this beautiful, amazing future city, we are to be the best citizens of our present city. We're to be the best citizens. We're to be the best neighbors, the best employees, the best employers, the best friends, the best teammates, the best classmates, the best teachers, the best coaches, because our citizenship is in heaven. And as citizens of this amazing, beautiful, forever city, that we are to be the best citizens of our current city. Well, how do we do that? Two ways. First of all, we resist oppression. And we wipe away tears. We resist oppression and we wipe away tears. So how do we resist oppression in this present city? We'll look at uh, verses 3 and 4 of chapter 22. He says, No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and, and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. And they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. 
So the name of Jesus will be on our foreheads. Now we have to ask ourselves, what is in a name? What's in a name? Well, our names are pretty much our identity. That when we, when we think about a person's name, we think about all the characteristics that they are. And here um, it says that, our, that the name of Jesus is written on our foreheads, which means that you and I, our identity is in Christ. That, that it means that we are citizens of heaven. It means that we are child of the ch- children of the one true king. It means that we belong to him. It means that we know that we're beloved. And beloved means that we are richly and deeply and completely and freely and unconditionally loved by the one true God. And therefore, we know who we are. But let's go back in our storyline. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 11. And in the mankind gathers in one spot on earth and they start building this city for themselves. And they start building this tower to try to get it to God and, and what is the Tower of Babel. And what they're doing is they're trying to make a name for themselves and mankind has been trying to make a name for himself ever since. That's the oppression that comes with our present city is that we feel like we have to make a name for ourselves. And that's the difference between the city of man and the city of God. In the city of man, we think we have to make a name for ourselves. We want people to think we're important. We want people to think we're, 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 we're smart and, and, and we're successful and we're powerful and we're, and, and we're wealthy and we're pretty and we, we, we're strong and we got, got it all together and we don't want anybody to see the cracks and we don't want to see anybody to see our imperfections or our weaknesses and, and, and so we never let them see, see us sweat and we want everybody to think we're so stinking cool. But in the city of God, people know who they are. In the city of God, they, we, people know that they're accepted and, 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 and approved and significant and, and loved and valued by God. See, in, in the city of man, it's all about achievement. And achievement through work and performance. But in the city of God, it's all about what has been achieved for us by the work and performance of Jesus Christ. And so as citizens of God, as citizens of the city of God, we need to resist the oppression of trying to make a name for ourselves and resting in who we are in Christ. And, and, and when we realize who we are, that we're accepted and approved and significant and valued and, and, and loved in Jesus, then that frees us up to go and free other people from that. From We get to go and, and serve others and it doesn't matter who gets the credit and it doesn't matter what people know that I did or, or didn't do and that we're freed up to serve our community and help fight against oppression. So, so as citizens of the city of God, we fight oppression, but we, we resist oppression, but we also wipe away tears. Verse 4 of chapter 21, it says, God will wipe away tears. And you and I are called to that ministry of wiping away tears right now. Not to be so busy trying to make a name for ourselves, but to take the time to be able to look around of the needs around us and wipe away tears. 
that we serve the people around us. We, we volunteer our time. We volunteer our, our, our talents. We, we give sacrificially to causes that help wipe away tears. And as, as, as we thought about how do we celebrate 10 years as Gospel City Church, we thought there's no better way than to help organizations that we partner with throughout the year to give them an extra boost to help them wipe away tears. That's the, the uh, Alliance for Children. They, they deal with children who have who've experienced the most heinous and unthinkable and unspeakable crimes against them. And they step into that hurt and that pain. And through a process, they bring about healing and they wipe away one tear at a time. And when you and I give money to that, it helps them go further faster. And Bikes for Mission Arlington. And we gave them $10,000 last week and because, of, because of everybody locking arms were able to do that. And they're able to go and share the, the gospel with kids. And, and, and what that bike means for a child, it means freedom. It means to be able to, 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 uh, to hang with friends, but it also means they can go to the store and get bread and, or whatever they need for their family when mom or dad sends them to the store. That's what it means for them. And so you and I were called to wipe away tears. So every, every time you know, we get an opportunity to serve somebody, every time we get an opportunity to use our gifts or our finances or our talents or abilities, we're, we're wiping away a tear. And when we do that, when we resist oppression and we wipe away tears, we, we get to share our message of hope. We get to share this story of rescue. For this God who's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So is, this is what this is how it arrives. It arrives in, in stages, and right now we can live as citizens of heaven uh, by being the best citizens of our city right now. And then third, how can we be sure we belong to it? Well, look at, look at all the things of the city of God. There, there's a tree of life. There's a river of life. There's no night. The name of God is written on people's foreheads. Here's what this means. And Van, why don't you guys come and just get ready to lead us into this next song. Here's what this means. When you and I put our faith in Jesus, we become a citizen of that, of, of, of heaven. When you and I put our faith in Jesus, our name is written in the land's book of life that it talks about at the end of chapter 21. You see, Jesus climbed up on the tree of death so that you and I, through faith in his sacrifice, that we can can partake in the tree of life. That he took the punishment that that we deserve. That Jesus on the cross, he he cries out, um, I thirst. And Jesus was experiencing the cosmic thirst of, of, of being separated from his heavenly father. But he did that so that you and I could experience and drink from the river of life. Darkness fell on Jesus as he was rejected by his father. So that by faith in Jesus, you and I could be in a place forever that there is no more darkness. There is no longer the darkness of sin. 
And that, that right now that we can live under the freedom that the gospel offers. And, and, and even though we still have to navigate this world of death and disease and sorrow and, and pain and rejection and betrayal, that we can do it without that, that cloud of darkness over our hearts and our souls. Back in this time period for the Jewish worshipers, once a year, the, the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies was a small room in the temple where the, the physical presence of God was on the earth. But when Jesus died, the, the presence of God on the earth, it, 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 the, the, the curtain separating the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple was torn. And so now, through faith in Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the presence of God in us. But once a year, the the chief priest would go into the Holy of Holies and the name of the Lord would be written, the name of God would be written on his forehead and he would go into the Holy of Holies to the presence of God to ask the God to, to, to forgive and set apart, set aside the sins of Israel for one more year. But guess what? In this future city, you and I are all high priests. You and I are in the presence of God all the time. So how do we make sure we belong there? It's by putting our faith and our trust, not in our performance or our name or our religious activities, but it's putting our faith and trust in who Jesus is. That he came and he lived the life we can't live and he died the death that we deserve. And that we go to him and say, I can't do this on my own. I need you. So Jesus I believe that you're the son of God and I, I believe that you came and that you lived that life I can't live and died the death that I, I deserve for my sin. So Jesus, would you just forgive me of all of my sin, past, present, and future? I give my life to you. Thank you for receiving me and saving me. And would you show me how to live my life for you out of gratitude? Help me be a citizen of heaven right here where you have me. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that, uh, that all of us would know that um, our names are written in the book of life, not based on our performance, but based on your.